Welcome to the Powering Real Estate Podcast, sessions with top real estate business leaders and their strategies for success. Learn from some of the best in the industry. Join Lee Adkins as he talks to industry leaders on how they built and maintain their real estate business. All right, I'm here today with Judy Weiniger of Weiniger Realty in Warren, New Jersey. Judy, how are you? Hi, Lee. I'm great. Thanks for inviting me. Good. I'm really excited to to talk to you. I've known you for a long time. I've seen a lot of evolution and, and uh, iteration of your business, and uh, I think you have you have a lot of great things to share. So, um, before we dig in too deep, tell us a little bit about kind of your journey in real estate and what Weiniger Realty looks like now. Sure. I, I started quite a long time ago in the early 90s. I got my license when I had two young children, uh, worked for about a few years at Colwell Banker. So I had a good experience in a traditional brokerage. Couldn't seem to manage it while I was raising two babies. And so I had to leave the business. And uh, it's one of the things that I share with other agents coming in to, to work with me now, because I understand it's, it's tough. Uh, when my youngest daughter, uh, third child, grew up, um, I ended up um, going back, chose the Remax model the second time. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur-minded person and wanted to kind of do it my way, and I felt it was a great option. Uh, and I started my business there in 2003 in Warren, New Jersey, where I had moved. And I worked there for about 14 years, uh, tried to build a team uh, through the whole process, I call myself a team leader failure, and I can explain why later. Uh, and then found the need, the pull, the uh, desire to step out of Remax in 2017, and I created Weiniger Realty. That's awesome. Thanks. Weiniger Realty is is a boutique brokerage, you know, right here, kind of focused on hyper local value and hyper local marketing. I love that. I love the failed team leader thing, but it's a failing forward, right? It's like, hey, I did this thing. It helped me figure out the next thing. And so, you know, I try not to use the word failure, but I know what you mean. I do it. And you know, I don't think your guests can see, but I'm smiling through it, right? Like failed for, you know, definitely I'm proud of the fact that I know that wasn't for me. I think one of the great things, honestly, about all the guests that I've had is everyone's been really open and honest about like, we did this, it didn't work. Then we did this and it kind of worked, but then we like, that's what we all do. You know, it, we're going to dig into this later, but like sometimes the other guy who's killing it on Instagram, maybe, maybe isn't killing it. So maybe we find what's right for you and, and do that. Yeah. You go home and look in the mirror. You, you're the only one who knows the truth. Right. That's right. I love it. And so today, Wanaga Realty is how many agents? Like, what does it what does it look like? We're sixteen agents. Um, we have we're we're a team philosophy and team support ecosystem. Uh, we raise each other up, but we are all independent brokers or independent real estate agents. Uh, here we call agents sales sales persons people. Um, so there are sixteen of us. Um, and um, quite proud of the people I've attracted, many of which are people who knew me. Some are past clients who decide to get into the business um, and just people who heard of my journey of what I've created. I think what's cool about an independent brokerage is that you're creating you know, your, your thing. Um, 
I always, you know, reference Seth Godin in the purple cow, like really creating what we are and, and seeing who we attract and the people we attract found the value that, that we offer. Right. Yeah. I, I love that so much. And I think for you, especially, and again, we'll dig into more why in a minute, but I think for you, especially having that total control, like I think too many people open a boutique brokerage so they can just have only their name on the sign. But like you have leaned so much into branding and marketing, like you truly are, were in back then in such a good place to really control that message. It just wasn't like, oh, I want only my logo on the sign. It's like, no, 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 I, you built a very specific thing. And so let's talk a little more about that transition. Like just the, just maybe first and foremost, the choice to go from, hey, I'm a team to, hey, I'm a brokerage. Yeah. I, I was always called the Weiniger group from very early on because I'm a believer of branding. And so even when I was a group of maybe me and an admin, I was the Weiniger group early on. So it was very easy to um, progress through because even when I made the transition from Weiniger group at Remax to, we started as Weiniger group, the brokerage, I kept that, uh, the wording, the public doesn't really understand the difference sometimes. Um, a lot of people said to me, I always thought you were your own brokerage. And so that's where, you know, we, we kind of fail a little bit in transparency as an industry, I think, as a whole, when we talk about teams and, and brokerages. Um, but in terms of the evolution, I've always had this philosophy of a group of people working together and leveraging their best strengths so even whether it was a going to be a boutique brokerage with me and a, a large, a supportive group of people around me, because I didn't know who, if I was going to attract anyone, uh, you know, Michelle Giordano has been with me for six, seven years now, Kathy Cooper. So we went the three of us together with um, our amazing admin, Barbara, who, who is manages all of us. So we were at the Weiniger Group, the boutique brokerage now uh, in 2017. And I felt very comfortable with that, frankly. So if nobody else came by, we would have kind of evolved still with our boutique strength um, and evolved from there. Right. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And you definitely had that brand. I mean, but again, it, it speaks to the power of, of that brand because I tell people all the time, like when people leave a team or whatever, like people you know, worry about who gets the lead and the reality of it is, is whoever markets the best, whoever they remember, as the point of, so to your point, like people were literally like, Remax, you were at Remax? I didn't even know, you know, but right. but it is what it is. But Funny that way. But I know too that, you know, like everybody, that's it's still a difficult path. You got to figure out everything. You know, when you're at a brokerage, we, we all often forget that like they have a lot of systems and checklists that, that we don't have. So talk a little to the operational side of just going from, you know, oh, I don't have anybody other than maybe an admin now to help. Yeah, very, very tough, especially for kind of a type A, wants to do it right. And not knowing anything, I could have gone different paths where I hired different consultants and, um, you know, but I, I really leveraged mostly my admin to just dig in with me. And we created, you know, our systems slowly. I mean, I think that was one of my weaknesses. Uh, and I think, as you know, Lee, the, the, the very successful real estate agent isn't as much a system, systematized person. 
Right. Um, but we were able to build it slowly. I mean, I, it's funny. I don't even remember sometimes all the value that we bring to our agents, but there's so many things that we've created. We, of course, have a checklist. We use zip forms, but they have a complete checklist of everything. I'm basically teaching everyone how I've run my business. So anyone coming in gets that complete checklist for them to remember what to do. Once they become more experienced, they may prefer not to have all of this and then they can remove it. Um, anywhere from using bomb bomb videos and um, creating personal brand. As you know, my heart and soul is in community marketing and community support, um, creating this hyper local brand. And um, I've done that and being able to transition from the brokerage, uh, from uh, a, a team to the brokerage, I think that was part of why it was pretty seamless. Um, the operations was tough though, right? I took a deep breath when you said it because we're still evolving. I still don't have certain right. things in place that I would like. Yeah. And that's so normal. I think what's what's interesting about you, and, and I have kind of an unfair advantage because I've known you for a long time, but I think what's great about you is, and I love what you said, like most people who are strong marketers and good agents don't have an operational mind, whatever, that's fine. It is what it is. Everybody can't have every piece. The operational people don't have the sales piece or the leadership piece or or whatever. But I think what's great about you is you were really clear on the vision. And that does help a lot of at least backing into like, okay, I don't know exactly what this checklist is, but they these agents need to have a good experience coming on. Yeah. So leveraging having somebody else help you come up with that checklist is where it's at, whether it's an employee or a book or a YouTube video or a Zoom call or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's exciting because we've evolved now. Our onboarding is somewhat automated and it's it's like, right. hallelujah, you know, it's it's beautiful. Like someone wants to join, they fill out this form and then boom, boom, things happen. It, it eases the pressure off of Barbara who does so much and and for me to, to handhold. So it's like, it's quite exciting when you get some of those systems going, you're like, wow, it's, yeah. it's like you want, you wish you had it sooner, but you know, you couldn't have gotten there sooner. Right. And it breeds more, right? Cause then you're like, oh, we need a system for our listing presentation. Right. We need a system for that. It just kind of, you're like, wow, this is great. It is endless though. Right. So we all know like it's, we have to pick and choose where the value add is and you know, from the beginning, I was very, very transparent to any agent coming that, you know, come, we'll figure it out together. You're part of our ecosystem to help me decide, you know, if you want to do something and we're not doing it, let's figure it out together. And so that was the beautiful thing. I think when like uh, Brian Doliner came on and Lynn Tenton, those were our next agents and Diane, Diana Butler, like they they knew they could help me create this thing and and they they enjoy that part of it you know and and we all do like let's let's help the brand grow and 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 in turn help each other build our businesses yeah and i want to lean a little more into that too let's talk a little bit about recruiting in that sense because i i love what you said and i think too many people recruit well there's obviously a couple of different models of this there's the canned email i'm just going to like spray and pray, as they say, like, hey, 10,000 agents, we're looking for more agents. And then there's, and it's always an evolution. Nobody gets all the right agents the first time ever. If they do, they're they're probably lying. But I love 
the transparency and authenticity of like, hey, we don't have it all figured out. We're really good at this, but come along and be part of this. Is that still kind of part of your recruiting or is it less so? Or like, what's your... It still is. It still is. Absolutely. Because look, look at all of the brokerage brands out there and how much we keep hearing about the changes we always do. And there's so many models, so many huge brands. And um, I think it, it comes back to this feeling of, you know, can I compete? Like my agents get recruited every other day, right? And they're being offered huge amounts of money to just go over to another brand. And I don't, I don't expect everyone not to go one day. I mean, there's, there's always attrition and, and reasons why people should move on, right? And just like I did, leaving Remax wasn't really anything about them. It's just I was ready. So, you know, I just have an open heart and an open mind that I really give everything I can to teach the agents here. Um, but going back to your point about recruiting, what I've learned over five years is I really don't want to recruit that way. I don't want to hire a rec- recruiter. I don't want to send massive e-blasts because what happens is people come here and don't understand our, our value prop and it, it it's a losing situation for all of us. So I need some buy-in from someone who kind of knows us, whether it's me personally, whether it's agents in my brokerage personally, past clients, other other people recommending like another colleague in another area saying, you know, you really should check out this boutique brokerage. And I've I've hired a couple of people that way where at least there's some initial buy-in to say, hey, she's doing something different. If you don't want the big box experience, which offers certain things and doesn't offer plenty others, um, if you have always thought you wanted to do more video or build your own personal brand or you know, build a business the way Judy has with trying to raise a family, which I have successfully with three kids now grown adults, um, I can teach that, I can inspire that. And so that's who I'm trying to attract here. And I hope we continue to get some legs and more more signs in the ground. We're expanding geographically now. So we're getting a little bit more um, stakes in other communities here. Uh, I don't have a vision of being national in that way. Like we see a lot of expansion teams out there. I feel like I'm lo- I'd lose my 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 true uh, superpower. Right. I feel like I know my superpowers and I, I really continue to leverage that while I have this whole journey continue to evolve. Sure. And, and and then I then I will make changes accordingly. Yeah. And it's funny because and we're also going to talk about this a little bit later, but like scalability is great. But at what point is it diminishing returns, right? Like 30 agents, maybe for you, 50 agents. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 10,000. No, that's not on the radar. Fine. But again, that clarity of kind of model and mission, as well as iterating, like that's the secret sauce. If somebody is like, give me the secret sauce. It's that you got to execute. You got to measure and tweak and oh, that didn't work. Um, and keep doing it. Yeah, that's that's there's oh, a secret that's sauce. It. You got a book there, Lee, right there. That's it. That's good. All right. I'll give you I'll give you 10 percent. Write that down. <laughs> try stuff, try, <clears throat> try stuff, fail, you know, measure if you can, uh, right. try again There's and no then look up and there you go. <laughs> and all of a sudden, 15 years later, you're like, oh my goodness, how did this happen? 
you know, I had an agent come in yesterday to get to know us a little bit, a new recruit potentially. And, and it's cool. She wrote me a nice little note after and was like, you know, you really should be quite proud of what you've built. And, and it takes some time, this pause of, of meeting other people and saying, you know, I've got this thing here. This is what it looks like. And this is what we do. And it's kind of cool. It's like, and then you look around and it's like, wow, we built this thing. Right. Yeah, I think there's two parts of that. I think one part of that, and this has been a recurring theme for me lately, I feel like two parts to that. One is the because you do it incrementally, you don't, it's like anything, you don't notice changes because you see it every single day. And then to reflect and go, wow, this is a, a compounding effect. And I think the flip side of that, almost all of us doing these things in this industry, we're all achievers. And we're terrible at stopping to appreciate like, well, look at this great stuff that's happened because we're already on to the next thing. Right. But, you know, it, it's hard to do that. But yeah, we all need to pause for a minute and be like, you know what? We're doing some cool stuff here. <laughs> Absolutely. It really does. It's We're always constantly on the treadmill, but stopping at the moment to really take a look, as you say, is is a beautiful metaphor. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit, like I would be an idiot if I didn't talk with you a little bit about your amazing branding and community marketing and building that you've done. So for people that aren't familiar with you and, and what you do, tell us a little bit, I guess, about your overall marketing strategy, your video strategy, you know, all, all of those. Sure. I always felt from day one of being back into business that I wanted to create something that of value to the consumer. And so I wanted to be this transparent entity uh, with extreme value and knowledge. And so I always believed the whole community thing, which is now getting a lot more popular. But it was like this, this aha one day when I realized, okay, a buyer's coming in to buy a home. They have to buy the community before they buy the home. So why don't we create this great content Saranen used to be called content marketing back in the day. And I would say, I don't know what it's changed to, but maybe community marketing, maybe something else. But marketing now, it's a little little more ubiquitous or it should be. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it was just this way of being kind of a funnel. You know, if if I create, first of all, I want to create something of value. I always want to be that person who's going to uh, give the knowledge that people are looking for. So but from a business standpoint, it's it's a top of the funnel, beautiful piece of content multiple times where people are coming into your funnel early into your business where they're not quite ready to buy a house, but they're finding you, they're learning about you, which leads into the personal branding, which again, it has to go from day one, you get into this business. Anyone who comes in as a secret agent is, is basically shooting themselves in the foot. Um, most people don't like to put themselves front and center. Uh, Although I guess in our industry, maybe that isn't exactly true. <laughs> but, um, I would say there's many who don't like that, even having their picture on things. And yeah. and I, I would say, you know, and, and you've heard this numerous times. It, I'm not repeating, saying anything that's so, so extraordinarily new, but people are buying you. And if you don't showcase who you are and what you're about and what you believe, uh, you're leaving so much business on the table. And going back to creating a business where you can actually enjoy yourself and have fun and and do it with people that that want your expertise is is like the most beautiful thing. It makes such logical sense to me. So through the pain of 
putting yourself on camera and doing video, which is never easy. It's never been easy for me. It still isn't easy for me. But I just know the results have been people get to know who I am. Buy it or don't buy it. But you're doing me a favor either way. And so it creates this this client base. And now I call it my agent base, right? I still sell. So I have still attracting the clients, but I'm also attracting agents to work with us. It's like, here's who I am. You know, this is what I believe. If I serve, if this serves you, I'm here to help you. If not, there's so many other wonderful choices out there. Go find one of those. And it's, it sounds silly, I guess, that, but it's, it, it makes so much sense to me that I don't want all the business. And at this stage of my career, I definitely don't want all the business. I want the business of the people that, that want what I have. And that's it. There's two things that strike me there I want to dig a little bit more on or, or just, just discuss specifically. Um, I think one is the acknowledgement that it's top of the funnel. Like in some sense, they're not even in the funnel because you don't even have con. They're just watching a video on YouTube without connecting with you yet. Um, but everybody's so like lead driven now and like, I don't want to talk to them unless they want to meet me. Like, I think we've gotten way too far as an industry into the lead mentality. You know, they're all leads um, without thinking like, this is a person who's considering uprooting their life and moving to a new community, whether upsizing, downsizing, growing a family. Um, and then I really love what you said. You didn't say it this way, but the essence of the at bat, like, I just want an at bat. Like if they don't like me, at least I had the at bat for them to say like, okay, helpful video. She doesn't seem like my person, but like, hey, that was great. Thank you. But you've had that opportunity without even, I mean, you did something, you made the video, but you you didn't have to like corner them in a Starbucks and be like, do you or someone you know want me to buy a house? <laughs> and I'm never too busy for your referrals. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Do you yeah. have one for me? But I, I just I love that that concept. So any more you can speak to that is really cool. Yeah, I guess it just is so clear to me. I, I don't know if it's not to somebody else, but you know, there's two things I always say. Just put yourself out there, but 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 be the competent um resource, right? So be smart. Like I, I have a little saying and it's called um smarts and hearts right? It's a lot about what my branding is about, smarts and hearts. And the smarts, I'm number one. I, I'm a, yeah, a pretty smart woman and I can compete with anybody on analytical skills and comps and all of that marketing. Um, so go study the market, learn the market if you're an agent, become incredibly competent. That's piece one. If you don't have that piece then you're then you really are an imposter, a true imposter, right? If you're not going to be able to do the job, then all of the other personal branding makes no sense. Right. So it's the smarts and then it's the hearts. It's just the care of providing enough value uh, to help that person through the um, the difficult stages of purchasing or selling a home. Yeah. So those two pieces are the key. I love that. And you've got a heart in your logo unless you've changed it. Uh, it's, still, cool. it's still there. Okay, good. I like that. that that's really cool. No, that, that's great stuff. And I, I love you sharing that. So let's talk about two more things as far as marketing go. Um, and then I have another direction I want to take us to. But like, for one, let, let's do it this order. 
tell us a little more about what it looks like today. Like how often do you do videos? What's the content? Are you always in it? Like what's the subject? And then after that, I want to back into how you got started. Because I think people so often see, um, that's good. I think so many people see what you have now and they're like, okay, that's great. But how do I go from zero videos to couple hundred videos. <laughs> One of the ways I found, and again, it's maybe it's different for new generation, um, but we didn't have Instagram when I first started doing this stuff. Right. And so not even really Facebook lives and stuff like that. So it may be a, a silly comment because maybe it's just in all of our lives naturally, but going on Instagram and just creating stories and just talking and, and, and creating, I mean, I love talking about my my good morning hellos. Okay. I still have them saved on my Instagram highlights. If anyone wants to peek at that at any time, I still smile. Maybe it's just me. I'll enjoy it. But I used to do every day because I didn't know what to post. I would just say, okay, every day I'm going to leave my house and I'm going to get in my car. <laughs> and so every morning I would go out and say, hey, good morning. And I'm a very positive person. So I wanted that kind of uh, personality trait to come out to for my brand. And so it was just, hey, you know, hi, and it's cold, and it's whatever, and it's raining, and I'm going here. And and now I have in my highlights, like 50 of them that I saved. And it, it's kind of, I haven't done it since COVID, but it's hysterical. And people used to say how wonderful they love seeing these every day. Now, was that a competent video? No, that was a heart video, right? right? That was just someone to get to know me and kind of laugh with me. It's silly. Um, could probably see that I was pretty authentic, probably approachable. Someone had a question, they wouldn't be afraid to reach out. So that was the piece that I was trying to uh, emulate there. So that, that's an easy thing for someone to do every single day to just get used to seeing themselves on camera. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think we all forget too, we're not streaming this stuff live, right? Like you've got an opportunity to, to oh, I'm not going to post that one. I'm going to shoot another. Like, that's what always cracks me up about this stuff. Because nine times out of ten, we really are. It, we're, I mean, we're not streaming these things live, so like it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you have to take twenty-seven takes. That's fine, you know. Do it. It's true. It's so true. But it's, I hope that that gives someone some advice. You know, I, you can you can shine the spotlight on other people, which is what you're doing here, right? You're doing that, but you're also shining the light on yourself. So it's you need that balance. So if someone really isn't that comfortable, like I did in the early years of 2013, we shined the light on a lot of community businesses, and right. I wasn't in it saying, "Hey, I'm here and let's go in." It was more about let's shine the light on them. But you do really. If you're going to embrace this idea of personal brand, you need to start by embracing who you are, being honest with who you are. You know, let's let's be real and not be an imposter and and share, you know, your, you know, what your beliefs are and who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, even for you, like, I mean, for you, it's a little, it's a little unfair for others because even your first videos were pretty good. But oh, if you go look at anybody's channel or video, wherever they have videos, like they always get better. It goes back to what we said before, do it, iterate on it, and then keep doing it. You know, if you're going to commit to doing it, set a, make it a year, six months, three, whatever it is, but like 
I think, and I think that's one of the things with you, like you committed to doing it. I don't know how you, did you like, was it just to yourself or did you put it out there that like, yeah, you know, I, I was, um, Jimmy Mackin and I were working together at the time and, and, you know, he really encouraged me to do it. And I, I have the vision so clear in my head. I bought my tripod. I had my iPhone. And back then they had this case you could buy. I can't remember the company that made it, but there was a special case. You put your iPhone in and stick it on the tripod and bought your lavalier mic. I learned what the hell that even was. And right. And, and I went to my office at Remax at the time. Um, and when at 6 a.m. and before anyone got there and I tried to hurry up and do it fast before anyone came. And of course the trucks would go by and then course, someone from the office would come in early for some reason. But I remember it so vividly, but I do smile about it because it took such an inertia to do that, right? Like I think, Lee, you talk about committing. I mean, commit to day one. I mean, so it always kind of comes back to that. Commit to day one, do one, right? you know? Yeah, and, yeah, right. And then get to day two. But I'm not a big, like, make this big plan because, yeah. you know, I, I think just, you know, I practice a lot of yoga and a lot of times, you know, getting your, your, yourself on the mat is the hardest part. Right. So if I kind of use that as the metaphor to this, it's just doing one, just go do it. That's perfect. I love that. And then your community videos, like I still to this day, think about the pharmacy one, like there, <laughs> I mean, there's, they're so good. And I think you're in maybe a few of those, but largely I think you're interviewing the owner of the pharmacy. Like there's like, not B-roll, but, you know, shots of people. Yeah, well, actually, none of them are me. I, I have a couple of cameos, so you kind of see me back there. But nice. it's it's really, um, we ask the question, my videographer and I, we ask the question, but we don't hear the question. Um, but, yeah, those, right. I still, you know, get a lot of comments on that one. Uh, the pizza guy, as you know, you, you see this guy's heart. Yeah. So if anyone listening is trying to build their own personal brand, go watch those two and, and, and try to understand why you would want to buy from them. Right. And that's the answer. Right. And, and, and turning it around to you, like, what are you doing where someone's going to say, I really want to buy what she's selling. Right. You know? And I think in some sense, I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but I, th I think the reality of it is in some sense, it's implied that you are the community expert, even though you're not in the video, you know, it's, just, it's, it, it's almost, it's almost better that you're not saying, Hey, I'm great. You're like showing, demonstrating. I know what I'm talking about. I live here. I go to this pharmacy. That's a family owned pharmacy for three generations. Like those sort of things are more implied. And I think sometimes people think that being on video means they have to like, let me give you market stats or let me tell you why I'm the best agent, you know. Right, right, right. And I love that. I love that, Lee. Yeah, it's the implied commitment, right? And and um, I guess it's like we always say, just like live it, right? If you really are living it. And, and I am changing my philosophy. So if we're talking about community marketing today compared to then, and that was almost 10 years ago now, right. Um, right. nine years ago, I would say I am embracing more of putting me again in front of the camera for some of it, um, a lot, following a lot of great experts who are doing YouTube community videos. I, I am totally leveraging the Google strength uh, of, of video. And that's another thing that I think people are overlooking is the value of Google juice for video, especially hyperlocal. Um, so we are leveraging more um, 
I'm asked this a lot about like, here I live in this very small town of 15,000 people, 6,000 homes. We sell, I don't know, 200 homes a year. I mean, you're not, you know, we have plenty of other agents here. So how can I make it? How can I do all this marketing for one small town? And, and is that really a good strategy? And I've struggled with it, you know, over the years. And like, yeah, of course I sell in the Bridgewater, Basking Ridge, Wachung, all these neighboring towns, as well as throughout New Jersey. Of course we do. But if you don't do some, you know, we always talk about niches, right? Like if you have a very tight, small, hyper-local, very specific niche that you can shine and be amazingly powerful in, the other will I think people will extrapolate that and and say, "Hey, do you work in this town?" Of course I do, you know. But right. but sh- but I live in this town. My kids went to school in this town. I support the businesses in this town. I bought my office in this town. So this is the town that I know, and that's one of the things that our agents who come work with with me for. In fact, one is coming in now. Um, uh, I am trying to teach them to become that hyper-local expert in those communities. Yeah, I think, you know, and I agree with that. It's funny because I'm based in Atlanta and I can relate to that tremendously. You don't want to try to, I don't don't need to try to make videos for all of Atlanta or try to, you know, I, I liken it as a little nerdy to like the Google, like, like, uh, the AdWords type thing. I could pay $50 a click for Atlanta real estate, or I could say, Hey, I work in this little pocket of Alpharetta and get like a 20 cent click on a, somebody who actually wants to come to Alpharetta and not just Atlanta. So exactly. I, I totally agree with that. In fact, if anything, I think having a smaller, especially initially, like, yeah, you could start to make videos on Basking Ridge and other, and now, but what you're doing is you're actually empowering other people to do that, to kind of replicate that and own the next town over. And I think that's a brilliant, brilliant model. Yes. Yes. That's what I've been trying to do. And my, some agents are embracing it. And I think again, why I I'm doubling down now, again, it's, I'm going back uh, to what the initial vision was and again, getting some new energy to get back into video. And so we're creating about a dozen new videos for Warren. And on on our social media platform, you'll see a few kind of cute community videos that we've done. We just did one um, about a, a school event called the Shark, uh, the Shark Tank event that they did. And uh, they had a winter festival here. So again, these, these videos are going to start to accumulate and, and just be a beautiful library of, uh, you know, I go back to the same words I used 12, 10 years ago. I wanted to showcase what it's truly like to live here. And how do you do that? You don't do that by showing houses. You show that by showing the people you show that by showing the businesses that have committed to the people here. You show the uh, events and the community um, outreach that that people do here, and that's how you learn what a community is about. And that's the content I've been trying to uh, create. 
Yeah, I think if nothing else, in some sense, kind of back to the top of the funnel thing, like if people are shopping areas, and one thing I want to give people quick context on, New Jersey is a very interesting place. Like agents that work there, it still blows my mind. I'm like, I'm looking at a map. It's 10 minutes away, according to Google Maps. And people are like, oh, we don't we don't work there. It's very <laughs> dense. Very dense. So like, and, and agents really do, for whatever reason, seem to drill down to very specific areas. And like, oh no, I don't, and I'm in Atlanta where I drive 45 minutes to show somebody a house on a normal day, you know? Um, but I think, you know, again, what's cool about that is that, um, again, those tentacles that you're growing of like, okay, well, so-and-so is the, the expert here, but they're still tied to your umbrella and have your guidance of, hey, I've done this. Like, I didn't watch a, I didn't watch a, I didn't take a course on how to do this or be this person. Like, I am this person and I can help you, you know, achieve that. That's it. That's it. And that goes back to the initial question about like, who are the agents I'm trying to attract? I mean, anyone can work here if they're independent, they like our culture. Uh, but if you want to build a brand and if you want to do video work, you know, you need the inertia of the energy to do it, number one, and the commitment and the dedication. But you also, you also need some funds. Yeah. Okay? Right. And you can do everything yourself. And, and I did not go that route. Many people do. Um, probably because of all the other things I had on my plate, I, I embraced early on that I wasn't going to be the editor. Yeah. And so that has allowed me to, you know, leverage other people. And now again, nine years later, my videographer, I'm still with Rory and we have now brought in, and you probably saw my post. It's cool. I have a teleprompter guy now, and I have a producer girl now. And so Yes, I am spending money, but I am finally getting the project done that I've wanted to do. And there's there's no way it would be happening if I didn't reach out and find the right people who would help me get there. It wouldn't be happening at all. There's no right. Difference. And in that sense, and, and money aside for a minute, in that sense, it's still an investment. But it's a very educated investment, right? You've right. done it. You've seen returns on oh, it. People no call you know, like I've seen all your videos. I want to go see this house tomorrow. Like, you know. But that again just takes time of doing it. Yeah, and and, and I have some compassion because I know many many people get into this business and and mo many are broke. Many can be maybe lost a job. Maybe they're getting divorced. So a lot of people get into real estate with no money to and and it is a problem and i think the expectations of our industry as a whole is setting the wrong expectation for people that you can just kind of come in open a few doors make a ten thousand dollar check and and make it in this business right and and here i am how many years later since 1993 when i got licensed and i'm still working right, right? i'm still a working agent Good for everybody else who figured out not to work and be able to make money. Right. I like to work. I like to inspire. I like to help people, but I'm still working. Yeah. So there's no secret sauce here that, that like you don't have to do anything at some point. Like just, it takes an investment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no. And I feel bad when people don't have some amount of kitty of some sort. Right. Something, you know, to send, right. you know, create some of your marketing. Yeah, no. And I think that, you know, again, back to that recruiting, you're right. There are way too many people who are like, get your license. It'll be great. You'll all your friends will suddenly call you. And I, I love, you know, just not going that route and saying like, this is hard. You better have six months in the bank. 
you know, I'm going to teach you to do it, but like, it, this is very real and this is an important decision because to your point earlier, it does reflect on you. If they start with you, if you convince them to join and they're not in a, the right place to do all of it, it's a lot more painful six months down the road than the person who you're like, hey, this is going to be hard. I'm going to do it with you. We've got resources, but like, you still got to make your calls. You still got to show up at stuff. You still got to. Yeah, I, I think honestly, that you're reminding me that's probably one of the reasons why I started the brokerage. In fact, it really frustrated me that um, the con the consu the agent was being fooled into thinking that this was easy to do. And I, I really shame our industry, and I shame the big brokerage. I shame a lot of the media who who make it sound so easy. Um, because people are making big changes in their lives. They're leaving a job maybe over this. And, you know, to, to give, and a lot of, I'm just going to say it, a lot of these recruiters of brokerages are telling them what they want to hear, that they're going to be great, well knowing that over 50% aren't going to make it. And that, it just, I, I just always believe that no matter who called me, I would give them the time of day to tell them if I what it was really like to work as a real estate agent. And then they have to make their own decision, you know, if it's going to work for them. But that's one of the things, Lee, that I early on, um, it's kind of like a passion project. I'm only going to be able to touch 20, 30, 40, 50 people, right? Like I'm not going to make this huge impact in the universe. But right. I was committed to anyone I talked to. I was going to tell them I had to leave when my kids were babies. I didn't make it, okay? I couldn't do it. Um, um, it's a struggle when the money's coming in and then it's not coming in. And so, you know, I'm just very honest. Yeah, no, and it's great to get a $10,000 check, but the minute you get that $10,000 check, you're, as they say, you're unemployed again. So $10,000 for how long? For six months? Like maybe that's not the, maybe that's the big check that it sounds like. But you mentioned, I want to touch on this just a little bit. I mean, you mentioned yoga specifically. I know we're, we're both into yoga and meditation and all those things. But I think, you know, as, as a, as a, as humans, I think for sure we're in a, a hustle culture. We're in a, you know, oh my goodness, somebody texted me. I got to drop what I'm doing and do this, or I got that. Or, oh, look at these other people. It, it is a great escape to not deal with your own things when you can see everybody else's other things. But you know, I think in real estate in particular, like you can always make one more call, right? Or you could send one more email or you could do one more thing. Like talk a little bit about that evolution. Cause I know we all struggle with that as humans, as independent contractors or business owners, it's extra hard. All right. But I'd love to hear more about kind of just your philosophy on both FOMO and just yeah. being you and living life. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think the whole social media culture is a tough, terrible thing. <laughs> it has brought personal branding, of course, all the benefits of business, but, you know, watching what other people are doing and it takes away your own focus on really who you are and what your, what your dreams are. Um, and just to doubt yourself. Um, I, you know, I mentioned FOMO, yeah, I have a word for it. It's called comparison disease. And I, and I have it. I mean, I'm not saying I'm above any of this. We're all human beings. And we all, like you said, we want to strive for greatness. We want to live our life in the most robust way we can. 
And so it's constantly a push-pull. I think coming off of Facebook, uh, especially during COVID, was a key. Uh, Taking the apps off of my phone and just logging in when I wanted to look um, it was a, it's still a quandary for me because I'm a, I'm a personal connector. I love like seeing what you're up to Lee. Like, it's like, I enjoy the connection part, but the, but the truth is in our industry, especially, you know, it, there's just so much noise and so much, um, you know, it, people really have a hard time separating out what's real <laughs> and what's not. And you know, again, coming back to yoga and meditation, you know, you know, pulling inward. So how I've done it is just more time uh, for myself, uh, taking those breaks during the day, remembering, you know, the, the deep breath and going out in nature, and all of those things, because I, I think I said to you or somebody else, I feel like this industry is like being in the mafia. I think like once, I think once you're in it, like you are destined to be here forever. And and I just think like you're going to have to find a way to manage it because if you're in this thing forever, you can't do this thing 24 seven, every single day of your life, you will miss your life. So the answer is I don't have the answer. It's just a constant question and journey, but I'm trying very hard not to compare myself to others' success. And that's why I don't talk numbers. I, I, I really believe everyone has their own level of goals. You could sell 10 houses and that would be a success. You could say, I want to be a full-time mom and, and be able to be home for dinner every night. Like there are different metrics besides what our industry and coaches are shouting to us that we have to sell more millions, yeah. go do more, get more leads, go buy more. And I'm just not any more bought into more is better than less. I love that so much. And I I remember when you took a break from Facebook and you truly were very visible on Facebook and there were a bunch of teams and people. I know you were in a scenario where like everyone was like, oh my God, what's Judy doing? And frankly, I did the same thing. I took all the apps off my phone, log in and out of Facebook. It's fantastic. It's great. And, and, but now when you do it, once you break that cycle initially, now I do it. Even now I go in and I'm like, why am I getting this? Not-? Like Facebook is making notifications. For That's me. right. Like, you know, that so-and-so, so-and-so posted a story with music. It's going to go away. I'm like, okay. I don't care. <laughs> great. It's funny. And then you pop in and you realize you really don't miss anything. And, and, and right. as you know, the yeah, you're missing the people that are right around you. Right. <laughs> And the problem is in Facebook, they're only choosing what you can see. Like, honestly, Lee, I haven't seen any of your things lately. Like, it's it, it's like I don't have control over right. who's going right. to be there anyway. So why not I call you instead? You know, right. find out what's going on. That's time better spent, better invested in, in my world, too. I'm, yeah. I'm with that. But there is a balance, right? Because we go back to personal brand. I mean, this is a megaphone to tell people who you're who you are and what you're about. And so there is value, but how to find that harmony of leveraging it, but don't let it rule your life. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's the perfect way to wrap. Leverage it, don't let it rule your life. I love it. Thank you so much, Judy. Uh, always great talking to you. Best. nice to see you and talk to you. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoy listening to Powering Real Estate, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Subscribes and reviews help other people find us and allow us to keep interviewing top industry experts. If you're looking for a customized solution for your follow-up boss account or wanting a free assessment of your account, visit AmplifiedSolutions.com. There you can also find free resources and link with us. 